What's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Hopefully, you guys are still you know, staying safe, taking care of yourselves and your families, washing your hands, you know, doing everything that you need to do to survive, make it into 2021, as well as catching some football. Um, a lot of games every weekend, a lot of crazy stuff going on. Um, so I was going to talk about uh, Champions League. I know I mentioned it in last week's show. I was going to talk about match day five. And, you know, I was kind of avoiding it so that I could, you know, kind of talk about it this week. I was kind of saving it. But today's Tuesday. Um, there have already been some of the match day five in the Champions League that have been played already at the time of recording of this. But um, I'm just going to glaze over it briefly because uh, probably on Thursday or Friday, so in like a day or two or three, I'm going to do a bonus episode um, covering Champions League uh, after match day six and who's going into the knockout stages as well as the Europa League. So I'm just going to gloss over all that today. Uh, the show will probably be a little bit shorter than normal. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm going to probably after this, I'm going to go watch the highlights. There's some craziness that went on in some games today or a game specifically. Um, but yeah, I just want to let you guys know that a couple of days you'll see it pop up in your feed. Um, I've been kind of lacking and slacking on <laughs> Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I apologize for that, but uh, I will, you know, I'll keep you guys up to date when I drop that. And, uh, you know, or if it pops up in your feed, it'll be there. Um, another thing that I said I was going to post on Twitter last week, and I did not, got a little emotional around here, but um, told you guys my son was trying out for uh, his high school soccer team. Um, after I recorded the show, I went and picked him up, and I got to watch him play a little bit before um, before you know they made their decisions. And you know, yes, he's my son. I haven't seen my son play play football in a while, and uh, you know he's you know intent on being a center back or whatever. You know, he's taller than me. Um, he looked pretty good. You know, the, when they had him out there, um, they weren't able to score on him. They weren't even really able to get past him. Um, but unfortunately he did not get selected for the team. Um, it's his first time trying out first time, you know, trying to play a high school sport. So, you know, he wasn't as upset, I guess, as I was. Uh, I mean, I wasn't really all that upset, you know, stuff happens. Um, but he's definitely intent on trying out again next year. We're going to find him a club team around here to play, you know, which is going to be kind of limited because of the whole COVID situation. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he looked good. Um, he says that, one of the reasons he thinks that he didn't get picked was because instead of, you know, gaining possession of the ball as a defender, you know, to move it up and begin the, the counterattack, every time the ball came near him, he just completely cleared it. You know, I think uh, I think that's good in some cases, but, you know, when you're trying out for a team, it's probably not, you know, it's probably not the best thing. But um, while I was watching him out there, like I said, they were not able to score on him or get past him. As soon as they pulled him out, of the little scrimmage they gave up a goal so i mean it is what it is he's only a sophomore you know next year he'll be faster taller stronger and uh you know we'll see we'll see where he goes so he's got a year to uh to work on it and um we'll see see how he does i'm sure he'll be I'm sure he'll be successful but like i said trying to find him a club team around here um if any we got any san antonio listeners by chance and you know a club that's better than, you know, another club around here because we're kind of new here still, um, you know, hit me up, email me, you know, send me a DM on Twitter, Instagram, let me know. Um, I'd be more than willing to listen to anything, any suggestions that you have. Um, 
not just for my 15 year old, soon to be 16, but also I have a 11 and a nine year old. So just let me know if you guys uh, know anything about the, the youth soccer uh, scene here in San Antonio. So, um, but yeah, that was it. That's what, that's what happened last week. I know I said I was going to put it out on Twitter. I didn't. And I apologize. But like I said, we were, you know, having some of those father son type talks afterwards. And I just didn't get the opportunity to, uh, to put that out on social media. So, um, all right. So I'm just going to jump into this. My notes are kind of all over the place this week. Um, I'm just going to be, like I said, I'm going to skip over some of the champions league stuff, but, uh, I'm going to start with CONCACAF Champions League. Now, this is, aside from, like, the OFC Champions League, CONCACAF Champions League, nobody really ever seems to pay any attention to. Um, but right now, um, they are down to the quarterfinals. Um, so next week, next Tuesday and Wednesday, there's two matches that are going to be played. You got the Montreal Impact from Canada. They'll be playing um, Olympia from Honduras. And right now, on aggregate um, from the first match. Olympia is up two to one. Then you got my MLS team, NYCFC, obviously from the U.S. They'll be playing against UANL from Mexico, and NYCFC is down one goal on aggregate. Um, then on Wednesday, LAFC will be playing Cruz Azul, but this will be a one-off match. They didn't play earlier before the COVID um, measures were taken, so whoever wins that will be moving on. And last but not least, you got America from Mexico. They'll be playing against Atlanta United, um, but America has a three-goal lead over Atlanta United. I can't see Atlanta United uh, coming back and, um, you know, I don't know. I can't see them scoring four goals to be able to uh, to win that. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe they will. They'll just score three and then go to penalties. I don't know, but uh, but we'll see. But that's that's where the CONCACAF Champions League stands right now in the quarterfinals. All right, so like I said, um, UEFA Champions League, match day five. I'm not going to go over any of the scores or the standings because I'm going to be doing that later on in the week. But um, the teams that have qualified after match day five for the knockout stages, we got Bayern Munich, Manchester City, Chelsea, Sevilla, Juventus, Barcelona, Liverpool, Porto, and Borussia Dortmund. Um... Europa League, same thing. The only team, um, actually, excuse me, no. These are the teams that have qualified for the knockout stages. Uh, we got Roma, Arsenal, Leicester City, Hoffenheim, Sporting Braga, Lille, AC Milan, uh, Tottenham, Antwerp, Red Star Belgrade, Dynamo Zagreb, uh, Villarreal, Slavia Prague, Benfica, Rangers, PSV Eindhoven, Granada, and Bayer Leverkusen. All those teams are in the Europa League knockout stages, as well as Krasnodar, but they finished in third in the Champions League, so that's why they'll be in the uh, Europa League uh, knockout stages. So I'm going to go over all that in a couple of days. I'm going to break down everything. Um, so yeah. All right, uh, moving on to MLS. A lot has happened since I, <laughs> since I last talked to you guys. Uh, so let's see, last Tuesday... We had the uh, Seattle Sounders 1, FC Dallas 0. And then we had uh, Sporting KC 0, Minnesota United 3. So in the Eastern Conference Finals, it was the New England Revolution 0, Columbus Crew 1. I'm sure my friend Joel will enjoy that. And then in the Western Conference Finals, we had uh, Seattle Sounders 3, Minnesota United 2. So uh, this Saturday, December 12th, Columbus Crew 
versus Seattle Sounders MLS Cup. I'm definitely going to watch it. I mean, it's a final. I don't know who's going to win that. I mean, I think Seattle I think Seattle has a better team. They're defending champs, but Columbus has looked really really good this year. Plus, I got a little soft spot in my heart for Jesse's artist. So, uh, we'll see, but like I said, I'm definitely going to watch that match for sure. Uh, even though it is on, you know, Saturday, but it'll be it'll be at night, so it's it's fine. All right. Um League 1, match day 13. Last Friday, we had NEM 0, Marseille 2. Then on uh, Saturday, did I just say that? I meant Friday was the NEM Marseille. I'm all over the place today, like I said. Um, Saturday, December 5th, we had Rene 0, Lyon 2. And then Montpellier lost to PSG 3-1. to Sunday, Lille 2, Monaco 1. Bordeaux 1, Brest 0. Dijon and Saint-Étienne played to a 0-0 draw. Anguez 2, Lorient 0. Nantes 0, Strasbourg 4. Rem and Nice played to a 0-0 draw. And then Metz and Lyon played to a 3-1 uh, final score. <laughs> Throw myself off there. Metz 1, Lyon 3. Um, so the table after match day 13, you got PSG on top with 28 points, followed by Lille with 26. Uh, third place, we got Lyon also with 26. Marseille is in fourth with 24 points, but they got two games in hand. Monaco and Montpellier both have 23 points. Bottom of the table... You got uh, in 18th, Rem with 10 points, and then Lorient and Dijon both have eight points each. Um, so my, my match day 14 matches of the week, I got Marseille hosting Monaco and PSG hosting Lyon. Moving on to La Liga. Uh, Friday, we had Athletic Club 0, Celta Vigo 2. On Saturday, Levante 3, Getafe 0. Real Madrid beat Sevilla 1-0. Atletico Madrid 2. Real Valladolid 0. And the shocker of the weekend. Cadez 2. Barcelona 1. Uh, Coman is... His seat might not be hot yet. But, you know, Barcelona has had their troubles this whole... Like, even before the season started. We, we got a contracted um, offseason this year because of, you know, the season being pushed later. But Ronald Coman... The manager of Barcelona, like his seat's not hot, but his seat is definitely, definitely warming up. And whether or not he'll make it to the end of the season, I don't know. You lose your first Clasico, and then you lose match day 12 to Cadez. I don't know. We'll see. It, it, Messi doesn't want to be there. In addition to that, I've been reading a whole bunch of stuff about Neymar and Messi reuniting which Neymar has wanted for a while, but now they're saying it's not going to be in Barcelona, but it's going to be in Paris. So Coleman's job, I don't think, I think Barcelona is going to do whatever they can to try to keep Messi, even though I think he's already out the door anyway, but this is definitely not helping Ronald Coleman's cause. All right. Um, on Sunday, we had Granada and Huesca play to a 3-3 draw. Osasuna, 0. Real Betis, 2. Villarreal and Elche played to a 0-0 draw, as did Alaves and Real Sociedad, as did Ibar and Valencia. A lot of 0-0 draws right there. All right, so La Liga table after match day 12. Atletico Madrid's on top, 26 points with two games in hand, followed by Real Sociedad with 25 points. In third, Villarreal, 21 points. In fourth, Real Madrid with 20 points, one game in hand. Cadez is in fifth, 
with 18 points. Sevilla is in six with 16 points, two games in hand. Bottom of the table, you got Osasuna in 18th with 11 points. They got a game in hand. Real Valladolid, 10 points. And then Huesca is in last with eighth. My La Liga match of the week for match day 13. You got the Madrid derby. Real Madrid hosting Atletico Madrid. I think that if, if Atletico Madrid wins this game, finds a way to win, they got two games in hand. I'm I'm gonna call it and say that's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that's it. It's gonna be their season to lose. If they get these three points from Real Madrid, I don't think anybody's gonna catch them. I think they are going to win the league, and that that'll be it. I'm I'm, I'm putting it out there. Atletico Madrid is gonna win it if if they can beat Real Madrid, but we'll see. All right, moving on to Serie A, match day 10. Uh, Saturday, we had Spezia 1, Lazio 2. We had the Derby della Mole, which is Juventus versus Torino. It was Juventus 2, Torino 1. Enter 3, Bologna 1. And then on Saturday, we had Hellas Verona and Caligiri play to a 1-1 draw. The match between Udinese and Atalanta was postponed. Uh, Parma and Benevento played to a 0-0 draw as did Roma and Sassuolo. Crotone, 0. Napoli, 4. Sampdoria, 1. AC Milan, 2. And then on Monday, Fiorentina and Genoa played to a 1-1 draw. So the Serie A table after match day 10. AC Milan still on top with 26 points, followed by Inter with 21 points. Napoli and Juventus both have 20 points. In 5th place, Sassuolo with 19. In 6th, you got uh, Roma with 18 points. Bottom of the table, Torino and Genoa in 18th and 19th, respectively, both have six points. And Crotone, all by themselves, two points, bottom of the table. Premier League, Friday, the match between Ashton Villa and Newcastle United was postponed. Saturday, Burnley and Everton played to a 1-1 draw. Man City, two, Fulham, zero. West Ham, one, Manchester United, Chelsea 3-1 over Leeds United and then on Sunday West Brom 1 Crystal Palace 5 Sheffield United 1 Leicester City 2 and in a very disappointing at least for me North London Derby Tottenham 2 Arsenal 0 Arsenal just did not look good in this match I was talking to uh, some fellow Arsenal fans and it was just it was it was terrible it was it was terrible to watch. And then I got Joao from the Soccer Stupid podcast telling me how great Sun looked against Arsenal. And he did. But Arsenal looked terrible. They just looked terrible. And, you know, the problem with Arsenal is that the games that they're supposed to win, they don't. And then the matches that, I don't know, that you... I actually, seriously, I thought they were going to win this one because I was like, oh, you know, Tottenham is on top of the league and, you know, this, that, and the other. I was like, they're going to they're gonna surprise them. But no, they, they didn't. The games that you don't expect them to win, they win. Games that they should win against, like, Burnley and Sheffield United, those are the ones they end up losing. But, I mean, yes, they they weren't playing at home, whatever. But they, they just have not looked consistent at all this year. Need to put Ozil back in. Bring him back into the fold. But, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, that, that North London derby is over. We'll look forward to the next one. Uh, let's see. Liverpool, four. Wolves, zero. 
Um, yesterday, Brighton Hove Albion won, Southampton two. So Premier League table after match day eleven. You got Tottenham on top, twenty-four points. Liverpool's in second, also with twenty-four points. Chelsea's in third with twenty-two. Leicester City's in fourth with twenty-one. Southampton moving up, fifth place, twenty points. Man United in sixth with nineteen points. They got a game in hand. Bottom of the table in eighteenth, you got Burnley with six points. They got a game in hand. And in 19th, you got West Brom also with six points. And then at the bottom of the table, Sheffield United with one point. Coming up this weekend, um, it's my match of the week for the Premier League. You got the, the Manchester Derby. Man U hosting Man City. So hopefully, Louis, also from the Soccer Stupid podcast, hopefully he'll have a good weekend. Man United's been having their issues. I think Man City's a much, much better team. They just haven't been able to pull everything together. Um, hopefully they have a good match. I think Man City will win, but you never know. I mean, those those Derby rivalry matches, those things are, I don't know. It's like a toss-up a lot of times, especially when you've got two decent teams like that. I'm not going to say Man City is a decent team because Man City is a great team. Man U is a good team. But, you know, you're playing for pride at that point, so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. All right, um, Eredivisie, the Netherlands, match day 11. Bear with me while I try to say some of these names. Friday, you had Sparta Rotterdam 2, Amen 1. Saturday, you had RKC Walvach 3, VVV 2, Fortuna Siddard 3, Willem II 2, Ajax 1, 22, uh, PEC Zvole 2, TC one, and then on Sunday you had Feyenoord and Hercules play to a zero zero draw. AZ one, Groningen two, Utrecht one, Den Haag one, Heerenveen and PSV play to a two two draw. So the Eredivisie table after match day eleven, got Ajax on top with twenty seven points, Vitesse in second with twenty five points, PSV's in third with twenty four points, Feyenoord is in fourth with twenty three, Twente is in fifth with 21 points and then Groningen in sixth place with 20 points bottom of the table in 16th you got Fortuna Siddard with six points 17th you got Den Haag also with six points bottom of the table you got Emin with three points all right Bundesliga match day 10 this was a derby filled weekend it seemed like um on Friday you had the Berlin derby it's only the second season of this uh, but it was Hertha Berlin 3, Union Berlin 1. On Saturday, Klone and Kuhn, excuse me, and Wolfsburg played to a 2-2 draw, or Klone. Um, Armenia Bielefeld, Bielefeld 2, Mainz 1. Eintracht Frankfurt and Borussia Dortmund played to a 1-1 draw. Freiburg and Borussia Mönchengladbach played to a 2-2 draw. And then Bayern and RB Leipzig played to a 3-3 draw. Sunday, Werder Bremen 1, VFB Stuttgart 2. Talk about this real quick. So I expected Stuttgart to only get a point out of this match, personally. Um, I woke up late, so I kind of missed the start of it, probably the first 10 minutes or whatever. But the important goal that happened in this game was also the most controversial. So <laughs> Wamangatunga, he's one of the more animated players on the Stuttgart team, young guy. Uh, goalie... The Verda Bremen goalie tries to clear it. 
he actually, I don't know, kind of steps in front of it, knocks it down, has a clear path to the goal. Instead of just tapping it in, he does this weird kind of like little duck walk with the ball and just kind of tapping it, tapping it, tapping it until the goalie comes up to him and he smashes it in the back of the net while he was already at the goal line. So, you know, whatever. And then one of the players from Bremen gets in his face. He's trying to get away. He ends up getting a red card for like, I don't know. I'm not sure what they called it, but if it was in like the National Football League, it would have been unsportsmanlike conduct. And, you know, the coaches are, you know, upset afterwards and they're talking back and forth to each other. All the players from Werder Bremen were pissed. Um, but in the end, I didn't care because Stuttgart won the match on the road. Three points is three points, you know. Uh, let's see, Schalke, zero, Bayer Leverkusen, three. And then yesterday, it was Hoffenheim, three, Augsburg, one. So the Bundesliga table after match day 10, you got Bayern on top with 23 points, followed by Bayer Leverkusen with 22. RB Leipzig's in third with 21. Borussia Dortmund's in fourth with 19. Wolfsburg is in fifth with 18. Union Berlin is in sixth with 16. VFB Stuttgart is currently sitting in 8th with 14 points. The goal is 40. I've said that multiple times. Uh, bottom of the table, you got Armenia Bielefeld in 16th with 7 points. Mainz in 17th with 5 points. And then Schalke is in last with 3 points. Um, my match of the week for match day 11, we got Borussia Dortmund hosting VFB Stuttgart. Alright, I am going to take a quick break because I desperately need something to drink and I'll be right back. All right. Uh, Copa Libertadores quarterfinals. Um, let's see. You got Grêmio from Brazil playing against Santos also from Brazil. Racing from Argentina. They are going to play the winner of Sport Club Internacional. And Boca Juniors, and right now Boca Juniors is up on aggregate by one goal, one to zero. Then you got River Plate from Argentina versus Nacional from Uruguay. And then Libertad from Paraguay playing against Palmares from Brazil. So, you know, once those matches played, I did not put the dates for that in my notes. I don't understand why, um, but I'll keep you guys updated on that. I've been kind of slacking on that as well. All right, uh, moving on to national team stuff. So UEFA has finally, they did the draw for the Nations League semifinals. Now, these are a long ways away, but um, October of next year, you're going to have Italy versus Spain. In, that game will be played in Milan. And then Belgium versus France in Turin. That'll be October 6th and 7th, respectively. And then the winners of that will, winners of those matches will play each other for the Nations League Cup, brand new cup that they got. All right, um, in addition to that, there was also the draw for UEFA World Cup qualifying. And, you know, as I, as I look at this, I get it that, you know, you want to have the groups, you know, the strongest, at least one strong team and one weak team, and the, the team's kind of in the middle of the groups, you know, will be the deciding factor. Um, one of the things that I've talked about before that I really don't like is how many slots UEFA has for uh, for the World Cup and even for the upcoming FIFA Club World Cup they just get a ridiculous amount of, of slots I get it you know they got a lot of good teams but uh, I don't know some of these you're really looking for who the second place team is going to be 
to try to to squeeze in because some of these groups they just seem a little lopsided to me so in group a you got portugal serbia the republic of ireland luxembourg and azerbaijan group b spain sweden greece georgia and kosovo group c italy switzerland northern ireland bulgaria lithuania group d you got france ukraine finland bosnia and herzegovina and kazakhstan group e belgium wales czech republic belarus and estonia group f is denmark austria scotland israel the faroe islands and moldova group g the netherlands turkey norway montenegro latvia and gibraltar group h croatia slovakia russia slovenia cyprus and malta group i england poland hungary albania andorra and san marino and then group j germany romania iceland north macedonia armenia and Liechtenstein. now those matches are going to be played between march of next year and november of next year so we'll see we'll see how it uh how it pans out but i mean just reading those groups to me it seems like the top team that i read in each group is the teams that are definitely going to qualify there might be some surprises in there you know you never you never know especially that um group c with italy and switzerland i mean you never know but it just seems like i don't know some of those are they're set up so that those some of those teams the top teams the first teams i named per group are basically destined to go because they're in there with a lot of weaker teams so but we'll see so all right so um you know, for the last, what, six weeks, I guess, I've covered all of the confederations, um, you know, North America, South America, Europe, Asia, Africa, and Oceania. So now I'm going to be talking about FIFA. I will not be naming every single country within FIFA because that's just not going to happen. I've already named all the countries from all the other confederations. So um, FIFA is the International Federation of Association Football. That's what it is in English. In French, it is the Federation Internationale de Football Association. Yeah, I totally butchered that. Um, there's 211 uh, national associations that are part of it that are from the AFC, CAF, CONCACAF, CONMEBOL, OFC, and UEFA. It was founded on the 21st of May 1904 in Paris. Currently, the headquarters are in Zurich, Switzerland. And actually, if you look on um, the Instagram page, for the show, uh, I didn't get to go to the headquarters, but I went to the FIFA museum that's in Zurich. It's not too far from the headquarters, and you know it's a pretty nice museum. They actually built that because too many people were showing up at the headquarters building, like wanting to see the trophies and stuff. So they're like, "Oh, let's set this museum up to keep these people away from our headquarters," because the headquarters building really there's not much there except office spaces, and they do have a they have a, a pitch there too, but um, it's not something for for tourists, you know. Um, the competitions that they have, the major competitions, um, is obviously for national teams, it's the, the FIFA World Cup, which is considered the World Championship of Football. It's held every four years in a predetermined uh, host country. Uh, 32 teams compete, broken down into eight groups of four teams through a draw process that happens you know, typically close to six to eight months before the competition. Uh, the top two seeds from each group advance to the round of 16. 
and then it's a you know it's single elimination to the uh, to the final. Brazil is the most successful nation with five wins, followed by Germany with four, Italy with four, France with two, Argentina with two, Uruguay with two. There's an asterisk next to that. England with one and Spain with one. France are the current champions. Now the reason that if you look at the Uruguay, uh, the the kit of Uruguay, their association crest actually has four stars above above it, even though they've only won the World Cup two times. So prior to the FIFA World Cup, the Olympics was considered to be the World Championships of football, and Uruguay won the two Olympics prior to the start of the FIFA World Cup. So they decided. Okay, we are going to, um, instead of just having two stars above our crest, because technically they won the two previous world championships, they integrated the stars into their crest. So that's why there's four above their crest, symbolizing the two FIFA World Cups plus the two preceding Olympic gold medals that they won. But right now, only teams from UEFA and Common Bowl have ever won the FIFA club, or excuse me, club, the FIFA World Cup. That's it. Um, now for club teams, the FIFA Club World Cup. I've talked about this a lot. Uh, under the current format, seven teams from six confederations compete to be crowned the champion, the club champions of the world. Um, all the confederations are represented by their continental champions, as well as the champions of the host nation. All matches are single elimination. In the first round, the hosts play the representatives from the OFC. In the second round, representatives from CAF, CONCACAF, and the AFC join. A draw is made to determine the matches, including the winner of the first round match. An additional draw is done to determine the matches for the semifinal round, even though the winners of the second round are unknown. Um, in the semifinal round, the representatives from CONMEBOL and UEFA join. The winners of the semifinal meet in the final, and the losers play in a third place match. Real Madrid are the most successful club with four wins, and Liverpool are the current reigning champions. But the format's going to change. Um, they're going to expand to 24 teams, and it'll be held every four years, essentially replacing the Confederations Cup. Um, the breakdown it, it, the breakdown's really weird. Uh, again, UEFA is, is heavily favored. So the AFC will get two and a half slots. CAF will get three slots. CONCACAF will also get three. CONMEBOL will get six. Uh, the OFC will get five, or excuse me, 0.5. And UEFA will get eight. And then the host nation gets one. So there'll be eight groups of three teams with the winner of each group advancing to the knockout stage. Um, the knockout stage is single elimination. Uh, the new format was supposed to begin next year uh, to replace the Confederations Cup. Uh, which is usually considered a warm-up for the, the country that's going to be hosting the World Cup. But uh, COVID-19 threw everything off, so now next year we'll have the Euros and the Copa America happening. So FIFA now hasn't they postponed the implementation of the new format for the Club World Cup, but we don't know when it's actually going to happen now. Um, they haven't announced a date yet, and I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But... Um, in my opinion, though, in order to make this like a true club championship, they should do it the exact same format as they do the Euros. They're going to have 24 teams. They should do it where you play. There's, there's four teams per group. You play everybody in your group one time 
and then the top teams in each group advance as do the, the runners up and then the best third place teams move on to the knockout stages but we'll see i don't believe that fifa will ever you know take any take my stuff into consideration um but you know who knows we'll see so um i don't know it'd be great to have a, a true championship that's like a summer competition um yeah it'd be great so um i think that's really it right now like i said i'm gonna have another show in a couple of days um plus i kind of want to go and watch you know the craziness that happened today i got some alerts from um some of the games i want to go see exactly what happened see who's moving on who's going to the europa league and who's going home um you know there's a lot of close groups in the champions league so um yeah so with that i'm gonna end the show um yeah hit me up contact information will be on the link tree link that i'll put in the show description and uh hope you guys have a great rest of your week um stay safe take care of yourselves wash your hands wash your masks and uh thanks for listening i appreciate it all right bye